Welcome to the Metropolitan UMC Podcast. We're located at 3385 Metropolitan Church Road in Indian Head, Maryland, and under the leadership of Reverend Daryl K. Mason Sr. And now today's podcast. There is no tomorrow without God. There is no hope without God. There is nothing without Jesus. Did you hear the words of the song? God is my everything. We can stop. We can stop right there and go home. We can go home. Because it says in the second chapter in second second chronicles that the music was ministered and the spirit went and that the preachers couldn't even preach we could go home right now because God is hey my everything oh don't get me started hey come on worship him Come on, worship him today. Don't you sit down on God in this place. He's been too good to you. He's been too good to us. People running in Kmart, shooting up the place. Planes falling out of the sky. And God brought you here today, safe and sound and fed and sheltered. Don't you sit down on my God. Don't you sit down on your God. Amen. Come on and give him worship today. Come on and bless his name for what he's already done. Amen. Amen. We bless you, choir. We bless you, sis. Lewis. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Give God some glory today. And just to recap. Our scripture, and as was emphasized by the right Reverend Dr. Johnny Rosellos, <laughs> for the love, that's the Holy Spirit, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. And in their eagerness to be rich, some of them have wandered away from their faith and pierced themselves. With many pains. Both for you, man of God, shun all this. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, gentleness. Verse 12. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and for which you were made. The goodness confession in the presence of many witnesses. And just for a moment, I want to share with you. I thought for the day, a fatal attraction. A fatal attraction. Let us pray. The Lord, we bless you. We thank you. And we thank you for the music that has been ministered today. We thank you for the ushers and greeters that are gathered. We thank you for all that have come here to hear the message that you have. And so, Father, now I pray that you would just empower your Holy Spirit in this place and that we would not only be hearers of your word, but doers of your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. 
So as hinted by our title in the movie Fatal Attraction, Dan, Ga Dan Gallagher is a lawyer. Good man. He's a good man. He has a wife, has kids. He goes to work every day. He supports his family. But he finds himself in a situation where he, his wife is out of town. He goes to a party. Just happens to go. And he runs into Alex Forrest. It's an innocent setting. But in the midst of that situation, things become inappropriate. Alex is a good person. She might be on her church outreach team. She could be. Then might be a part of his men's ministry. There's nothing necessarily wrong with him or her. But the relationship. The relationship becomes inappropriate. Preacher, what you talking about? So, as happens, they do get together. Dan becomes, so, although I can't do that again. So he decides to run away. He decides that he's going to break off the relationship, but temptation comes back. Temptation starts knocking on the door. She's calling, hey, come on, Dan. Oh, we had a good time together, didn't we? Dan's like, yeah, we did. Dan goes back again, and he falls into temptation. He falls under the trap of temptation. Let me stop again. Dan's a good man. Dan comes home to his wife every night. Dan supports his children. Alex, she's a part of her church outreach group. I'm saying this because I need for us to understand that none of us in here None of us in here, none of us in here, oh, let me put it, let me put it this way. All of us in here are subject to temptation. So don't hold up your high heads and hold your hip. I don't know why he did that. Oh, she just is. I don't know what's wrong with her. It might not be this what's going on in this movie, but there's something in your life that you have a problem with, that you have a challenge with. It might not be inappropriate relationships, but it might be substance abuse. You might run your mouth too much. You might be a messy person, but God is dealing with all of us with each of our situations. Dan falls. He falls into the temptation. He goes back a second time and he gets with this woman again. And then this happens. Steve, play the clip. Turn it up. We might have to run it back. Well, that's fine. That's fine. We're running back. Just turn up the vibe so they can hear it. Y'all like, oh, wait, what's wrong? I forgot all about this one. <laughs> right, we're going to play it again. That's fine. We have all. Hi. 
Hi, darling. Um, darling, this is Alex. I'm sorry, I've forgotten your last name. Alex Forrest. Alex Forrest. This is my husband, Dan. Hi. Glad to meet you. Nice to meet you. Haven't we met somewhere before? I don't think so. No, we have. Weren't you at that um, party at the Japanese place a few weeks ago? Honey, the exercise book. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're a lawyer? And you're, you work for the firm of, what's the name? Um, well, anyway, <laughs> we've definitely met. Well, you have a good memory. I never forget a face. It's a small world. <laughs> <laughs> certainly is. So, I, I gather you're going to the country? Moving to the country? Yes. <laughs> Have you found a place yet? Actually, we found a place in Bedford. Do you know it up there? Oh, it's beautiful. Yes. <laughs> so, I guess you'll be moving out of here almost immediately? Actually, we wanted to do some remodeling first. I guess you're looking for a place right away, aren't you? Well, yeah, I'd kind of like to settle in. Alex is expecting a baby. Uh, you excuse me, I have some work I've, I've got to do. Oh, I better run too. Thank you for the tea. Showing me the apartment. You're very welcome. I like it. I really like it. Well, we've been very happy here. I'd like to think about it if I could. Let me give you our number so you can call us direct. Thank you. Steve, thank you. Amen. Dan has a beautiful wife. Isn't she beautiful? Why in the world? And this, oh, just by the way, this, this is not a sermon about relationships and marriage. It's not that. But it is about who we love. Do we love the world? And the things that it has to offer, because as Johnny said, this scripture is not about money. We need money. We need money to run the church. It's about your love. Where's your love at? And what happens is temptation draws us into the things of the world, and we play around with it, and we mess around with it. But all of a sudden, temptation is going to come knocking on the door at your house and sit in your living room with your family and with your kids, and you're going to wonder how in the world did I find myself in this situation? Temptation is going to come knocking at your door. People will tell you that you can live. You can, you can live that double life. That's what the devil's going to tell you. You can just, shh, 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 don't tell nobody. Don't tell nobody. This is our secret. But secrets... As I said, show up on your doorstep and sit down in the living room with your family and with your wife and with your kids that you love and enjoy the riches of the world and turn away from God is the issue. That we do that. We can't love Alex and Beth. 
Or let's flip it over. Oh, we know women been in the same situation. Oh, you married the, you married the Mike, but you got your eye on, uh, on Jackson over there. But the, but, the, but the point is, it's not about the men or the women, but the idea is about how we get pulled away. When Paul is talking to the first Timothy, he warns them about false teaching. There's false teaching going on in the church telling you that the way to riches is through salvation. It was actually the first prosperity gospel. He was telling them all you have to do is come to church and God will make you rich beyond your imagination. But Paul says that it's not about the riches and the things that you could obtain. It's about how you love me. And are you grateful for the things that I've given you? The first part of the scripture talked about being grateful. Are we grateful for what God has given us? To where we don't have to go looking outside of what God has given us? Are we grateful and are we thankful for what God has blessed us with? We should be content with what God has given us. Not that we don't want to do better. Not that we don't want that promotion. Not that we don't want that new car, that new house. But when that car or that house becomes our worship and our idol, God says, I am a jealous God. And I will have no other gods before me. So today I share with you that we must, number one, remember the blessings that God has given us. Start off there and think about what God has given you. Next, we have to avoid the trap of the temptation. Avoid the trap of the temptation. And then finally, fight for your life. Fight for what God has given you. Fight for all the blessings that he has given you. Verse 6 says, of course, there is great gain in godliness combined with contentment. There's great gain in you living a godly life. There's some, because when you die, all these things that you have acquired, you can't take them with you. But you can take your godliness. You can take your righteousness. You can take your salvation. You can take all of that to heaven. But you can't take that Bentley. You can't take your Amazon Prime subscription. Oh, praise God. You can't take those things with you. Oh, stepping on my own toes. God has blessed us with life and salvation and we should be content and grateful what God has done because he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins. And if it had not been for the Lord on our side, where would we be? If it had not been for God on our side, taking you from generation to generation, blessing you through sickness and pain. Psalm 49 says, for they will take nothing with them when they die. Their splendor will not descend with them. They're not going to load your house and all that stuff. When they take you out there, they, 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 you know, y'all see the, the Lord. And this is going to be folks, your relatives going to be, Lord, I'm so glad she left that stuff. Oh, they're so glad. And they go, okay, all right. Is he, is he down there? Okay, all right. And they go, you can't take it with you. So why do we chase after it so much? 
Why do we chase after those things so much? Though they live, they count themselves blessed, and people praise you when you prosper. They will join these that have gone before them who will never again see the light of life. People who have wealth but lack understanding are like beasts that perish. If you have the wealth, God has blessed you with it. But you have to have the understanding of what that wealth means. Let me be clear. I'm not saying that we shouldn't prosper. I'm not saying that we shouldn't have money in the bank, 401k, TSP, whatever it is you got. God, that's God's blessings. But is it your idol? Has that focus caused you to lose focus on God? When I retired out of the Coast Guard, um, done 20 years, uh, eight months and 12 days, but who's counting? Um, <clears throat> got to my um, last place, and I started unpacking. So what happens in the military sometimes is you may move somewhere, and you pack up all your stuff, but the new place, there might not be enough space to unpack your stuff, or really, you're too lazy. That's what it really is. You're too lazy to unpack everything. So when I finally got to my resting place, I retired, I started packing, unpacking stuff. So I'm in there in the kitchen. My kids were helping me, and we unpacked. My son said, hey, Dad, I found the forks and knives and spoons. So he opens it up. Okay. So it took me about two days to unpack. Next day he comes in. Hey, Dad, I found another box with forks, knives, and spoons. And I'm scratching my head and trying to figure out what's going on. So about three days later, I ended up with five sets of forks, knives, and spoons. This is what happened. When I got to my duty station, instead of me unpacking what I already had, I went and bought new stuff. That's what God is trying to tell you. God has given you everything that you have. You don't need to go out and buy new stuff. Don't be lazy and try to get new things in your life that are going, that are not godliness, that are not holiness, and we find ourselves looking for excitement. Don't go and buy new stuff. Last week, I was trying to, my first lady, she gets all my clothes because I don't know how to buy them, and she got me some new stuff. I can't, I can't pick this stuff out. So when y'all see me with this, I didn't pick this stuff out. She picked it out. Okay, so I'm sorry. I'm off. So... I was trying to hang up some stuff in the closet, so I'm looking for hangers. So I look in one spot, couldn't find it. So guess where I went? No. Oh, come on, y'all. This was just two sermons ago. Where did I go? Amazon Prime. Went to look. No, I'm serious. So I'm on the bus, Amazon Prime. But it so happens that I went upstairs in a place. In a closet, an empty closet, and all the hangers that I needed were there. When you take the time to go to your prayer closet, when you take your time to go to your prayer closet and get on your knees and pray, God will reveal everything that you need. It'll be there. It's in the closet. If you don't see it, Go look in the closet. Don't you go to Amazon Prime. I had to delete that thing out of my shopping cart. I was so upset. (laughs) 
God has given you everything you need. And so as we recognize God's blessings he has given us, we should avoid the trap of temptation. But those who want to be rich fall into temptation. Again, it's not about the richness only. It's about those that want the things of the world that are not of God. Fall into temptation and they are trapped just like our brother. He was trapped because he wanted something outside of his marriage or rather he wanted to play around with sometimes something outside of his marriage that was the temptation. For the love of money, for the love of money is the root of all evil. The love of the world is the root of all evil. The love of power is the root of all evil. The love of influence is the root of all evil. The love of messiness is the root of all evil. And in their eagerness to gain these things, they have wandered away and pierced themselves. Oh, that brother pierced himself, didn't he? He got himself in a mess. And when we run after the same things, we pierce ourselves. We do damage to ourselves. And not only ourselves, but our families. He found himself in a tempting situation. But some people say, oh, well, what? Well, you know, everybody gets tempted and everybody finds themselves in a bad situation. Well, what does the word say about that? No testing has overtaken you. That is not common to everyone. Whatever temptation you're going through, somebody's already been through it and got through it. Everybody will be tempted. Even Jesus was tempted. God is faithful. Here it is. God is faithful and he will not let you be tested beyond your strength. God knows that when that temptation comes, he already sees your way out. God has already prepared you a way out. God has given you things to get through the temptation. So let's not talk about, oh, well, you know, I just couldn't help myself. I had to go ahead and get that thing that I can't afford and, and it's going to cause my credit to go. But I just had to have it. I just had, I just had to put it in my Amazon cart. I can't afford it. First lady don't need to know about it. I can go ahead. And, no, no, no. It's that thing that will get you. You have the power to resist. So I think I've told you about a little bit about some of my kids, but I think the kids I haven't talked about is my puppy dogs. My puppy dogs, okay? I've got two puppies. They're, they're rescue puppies, um, Bishop and Gracie. Oh, I love them to death. Okay, they've they got two different, they're two different people. They're, they're, they're people, right, first lady? They're, they're people, right, first lady? Okay, so what... One evening, I'm in the backyard. It's, it's the evening time. I'm relaxing. I'm just uh, just uh, hanging out in the back. Because sometimes I just go back and I sit in the backyard with them and just sit there. Bishop is the one that he's kind of calm. Gracie gets excited. So Bishop is barking. He's barking over under the thing by the wall. Now I'm going to tell first lady something that she don't know about, but she's going to find out now. <laughs> Bishop is barking. And I'm sitting there, not I'm ignoring Bishop. He's barking, and he, there's something under the thing. He's barking, rah, rah, rah. Bishop, stop barking. He keeps barking. So Bishop gets tired of barking because he's like barking. He's looking at me and he's barking. 
Gracie is like, wait a minute, let me go see what Bishop is doing. So Gracie starts to lose her mind. She's barking. There's this thing on the side of the house, barking, 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 barking. She won't stop barking. She keeps barking until I'm just, she gets on my nerves. Went over is the baby snake. Baby snake over by the house. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's dead now. Okay, I just told you. <laughs> Okay, I got to ride home today, so y'all pray for me. <laughs> there was a snake over there. It was a baby snake. So I go over there. The snake begins to run. The snake runs over, and it curls off to the side. Now, let's hit the pause button here. I want y'all to understand this moment. Bishop represents the word of God. Bishop represents the church. Bishop represents your pastor. Bishop represents your friend or anybody that wanted to tell you the first time, there's temptation over here. There's temptation hiding under here. But what did I do? I ignored it. But then grace comes. God's grace comes. God's grace comes and says, there's a snake over here. There's temptation over here. And I'm not going to stop until you get your lazy butt out that chair, daddy, and come over here and kill this snake. I'm not going to stop. The Holy Spirit is telling you every day, I don't know what your challenges are. I don't know what you're dealing with. But whatever it is, God's grace and mercy is talking to you every day saying, you need to fix this. You need to get over here and kill the snake. So I finally got up. Got it? The snake runs. But what does temptation do? Temptation runs up and curls in the ball on the side of the house. I couldn't get to it. Leave it? No, I can't leave that. I can't leave that snake there. Not with first lady in the house. Why can't I leave it there? Number one, the snake is going to get out later when I go to bed and grow up. And guess what? He comes back three or four years later. He's going to be too big for me to deal with. If you don't kill temptation when it's a baby, it's going to come back and it's going to be too big to deal with it. Just like our brother in this picture. He did, if he would have killed that snake, first of all, he should have left the snake alone. First of all, he should have left the snake alone. But if he would have killed that snake instead of going back the same time, sin would not be knocking on his door, sitting in his house, talking to his wife. Kill that snake when you have the time. Because temptation is knocking on your door. So as we recognize the blessings of God and we avoid the trap of temptation, after you get through all that, you have to fight for your life. But as for you, man of God, shun all this. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, gentleness. Fight the good fight. We've got to fight for our families. We've got to fight for our children. We've got to fight for our marriages. We have to fight for our relationships. Listen, let me tell you all something. Satan could really care less he, he, he could care less about how we're getting along. He just wants our families broken up. 
That's his goal. Whatever he can do to make that happen, he don't care. He just wants us fussing with each other. He just wants us to be in confusion. And he'll do whatever he can to cause that. Hold on. Hold on as you fight for your life. I used to go out on rescue boats to save people when I was in the Coast Guard. And we were always told, they always said, when you're out on the waves and the waves are splashing, the boat is going to throw you around. And then you're out there, you might feel that you need to reach out and help someone, but said you've got to hold on to the rail. You've got to hold on to Jesus because as you're fighting for your life and you're trying to make it happen, and you're trying to make things work, you've got to hold on to the hand of Jesus so that Jesus will keep you. Hold on as you're making that fight. Your life is worth fighting for. Your relationships are worth fighting for. Your family is worth fighting for. Don't let the cares of this world cause you to lose your life that Christ has prepared for you. I think Brian Courtney Wilson says it best from his song. And he says, that's why I'm pressing toward the mark of the cause of the calling, cause of the calling on my life because my life is worth fighting for. And my mind has stayed on you, Jesus, because the peace it brings is worth fighting for. And I'll be faithful Because my family is worth fighting for. And this world is not my home. Because I've got a mansion over in glory. Because God, your kingdom, your kingdom is worth fighting for. And my new home is worth fighting for. Until I see it, I shout hallelujah. Because my life is worth fighting for. Don't allow the love of this world to cause you to lose your life because that will be a fatal attraction because you are attracted to these things outside of God you will lose your life that God has given you so we fast forward to the end of the movie Alex kept chasing Dan she followed him to his job she went to it and got his daughter from school, she just kept chasing and chasing and chasing and chasing. She just lost her mind, chasing down behind this thing until she finally lost her life. But the thing I'm reminded of that is my mind goes back long, long ago before even the beginning of time. And man was formed out of the ground. And then man said, And the call went out to heaven. Who? Who will go redeem man? Who will go redeem man? The angels didn't say anything. The heavenly hosts didn't say anything. But Jesus said, I'll go down in the form of a man and I will chase after man and I will redeem man. And so Jesus has been chasing after you. He came down through 42 generations and he was born in a manger chasing after you. And then he was a little boy and grew up chasing down after you just like Alex 
trying to redeem you. And then he went to the wedding and turned water to wine, chasing after you on his way to the cross. And then he fed 5,000 with two fish and five loaves of bread, chasing after you. And he chased you and he chased you and he chased you and he chased you and it cost him his life. That is the fatal attraction. The love that Jesus had for us cost him his life as he was chasing after us. I wasn't trying to talk about Alex. I was trying to talk about Jesus. That is the fatal attraction. And it wasn't attraction. It was love. He loved us so much that he chased you for 2,000 years, for thousands of years. He's been chasing you before you got here, and he's still chasing you now. Come on back to me. He's coming, saying, he's saying, come back to me. Come back to me. You don't have to chase after the things of the world. For Jesus has said, I have life for you. And he chased you, and he chased you, and they hung him on the cross. And he died on the cross. And it cost him his life. And as I said, it was fatal. It wasn't fatal love, but it, was, it wasn't fatal attraction. It was fatal love. So at this time, maybe there's someone who's been chasing the world. Maybe you've been chasing after things that aren't godly. But Jesus doesn't care. He he doesn't care about that. So today he stands with his arms wide open. He stands with his arms wide open. He's saying, hey, I've already, Jesus says, I have already given my life. I have a life prepared for you. So if there's someone that wants to come give their life to Christ at this time, we invite you to come down. Is there someone that wants to stop chasing the world? Maybe you're looking for a church home. You know the Lord, and you're looking for some place to call your Holy Ghost headquarters. So we invite you here to Metropolitan United Methodist Church to join our family. Then maybe there's someone that maybe you feel that you've strayed away and you still love the Lord, but you want to come and rededicate your life. So we open the doors for you as well. Amen. May God bless you richly. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church and ministries, please visit our website at www.metroumcindianhead.com. Until next time, peace and blessings.